Man, woman, woo, if you are not watching the NBA playoffs, you need to be. It's entertaining. It's crazy competitive. I'm having a blast watching these games. Unfortunately, it's after a eight, eight and a half hour workday. And by the time I watch these games, you know, I've done some podcast work in between, but it's kind of pushing these a little bit because I'm watching this awesomeness. But it gives us more to talk about, more to enjoy on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. But man, these have been so crazy. Tuesday, game two of the Western Conference Finals. Nine seconds left. I know you've seen the clip by now. Jay Crowder with the inbounds pass to DeAndre Ayton for the jam. Woo! Ellie Oop from the inbounds to get the, I think it was 104-103 win. Up 2-0. Then we're going to fast forward to Thursday. The Clippers win 106-92 to make it 2-1. They needed that game. If they lost that game, it's over. Suns, Suns, Suns. They were able to hold Devin Booker to 15 points. That was key. Chris Paul definitely looked a little rusty after having to take a few weeks off because of the COVID-19 protocol. This is his first game back. Scores 15 points, 12 assists. You know, a Chris Paul assist game. DeAndre Ayton is playing out of this world. He is definitely taking a step up. 18 points, 9 rebounds. But the stars of the show for the Clippers getting that 106-92 win. Paul George, 27 points. Reggie Jackson, 23 points. Paul George even had 15 rebounds and 8 assists. Without Kawhi Leonard, he's stepping up. He's showing that he is a stud, a superstar. I felt really bad when people were getting down on him saying he couldn't play or that he's a choke artist. He's showing that he's not. He came to play. Of course, they lost the first two games. The second game, right before that alley-oop, he misses two free throws. He makes those two free throws. The game is different. They have to do something different than the alley-oop out-of-bounds play. Understood. You're going to have your faults, right? Not everybody's Michael Jordan. Nope, there's only one of them. LeBron James has his faults. Kobe Bryant had his faults. Every single super-duper star. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, blah, blah, blah. I'm not even putting Paul George in that atmosphere or that stratosphere. Just saying, you know you're going to have those moments. Michael Jordan may have, but we're going to act like he didn't because he didn't. Yes, I am a biased MJ fan. That's how that goes. But I think he's playing phenomenally. Series is 2-1. I'm very excited for the rest of that one. On Wednesday, Atlanta Hawks getting that 116-113 victory over the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Trey Young, 48 points. Third most in Atlanta Hawks playoffs. His career high is 50. He was only two points off. The man was knocking down everything. I know a lot of people are on the Atlanta Hawks bandwagon. I am not yet. I do think that any of the four remaining teams, Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Clippers, Atlanta Hawks, Milwaukee Bucks, could win any four of them. I don't think we have that crazy favorite like the Golden State Warriors teams with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. Or the Lakers teams with Kobe and Shaq. The Celtics teams with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. The San Antonio Spurs teams with Tim Duncan. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and the host of awesome role players that they had. You know, those were superstar teams. 
that you thought every year were going to win an NBA championship. These teams have superstars. Trey Young with the Hawks. Giannis Antetokounmpo with the Bucks. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard with LA. The Suns have Chris Paul, Devin Booker. They're superstars, but they're not crazy dominant teams where you never think they're going to lose. So that makes this postseason crazy awesome to watch because you don't know what's going to happen. That has been the problem with the NBA for probably since the beginning of time is it's kind of predictable once you get to the playoffs. Sure, you're going to have your upsets, you're going to have your surprises, but for the most part, you can picture who is going to be in the finals picture. You can't in these Eastern and Western Conference playoffs. Any of these four could go. I'm still going to roll with my picks. I think it's going to be Suns, Bucks, and I got Suns taking it. I thought the Bucks were going to be Atlanta in five games. I don't see that happening. I don't think they're going to pull off four straight. Atlanta is a bad home team. But the Bucks seem to not have that killer instinct. What I didn't like about this game one against Atlanta is Chris Middleton was off. That's okay. Have a bad shooting night. No worries, man. You're a top-tier shooter. You have those. But he kept chucking the ball up like he was at the YMCA Rec League. I think he shot the Bucks out of the game. He shot 6 of 23. They lost by 3 points, while Trey Young had 48 points. So that's why I don't think the Hawks are going to win. They only win by 3 when your superstar has 48 points. But on the other side of that, for the Bucks, Drew Holiday scores 33. He's averaging 19, I believe, in the postseason. So, you know, 14 extra points. So we'll see what happens, but I just don't think that the Milwaukee Bucks offense is going to be that poor for most of the game if Chris Middleton can get a shot going. That makes the defense come out. That makes everything change when that dude is on, and he's usually on. So I don't think he's going to have a full season where he can't shoot the ball like he did in game one. So I'm super pumped about these playoffs. This is crazy awesome, fun to watch. Loving it, loving it, loving it. I do have to give a huge shout out to Cam Payne. Cameron Payne, if you want to be politically correct, say his right name, his government name. Cameron Payne, point guard for the Phoenix Suns, had a increased role with Chris Paul out. But he shined 29 points, 9 assists in that game 2 one-point victory because of the Aiton alley-oop. Got to throw Crowder in there. The Crowder to Aiton alley-oop. But 29 points, 9 assists. The dude was with the Bulls, and he didn't look like he was going to stay in the NBA long. And he's hooping. That dude is fast. He knows how to get to the bucket. He's making good reads, great passes. It's really fun watching him play. Whether it's first unit, second unit. He's playing well, and he's making everybody around him better. But yeah, I do think the Suns are going to win it all. They are so crazy deep. Devin Booker's playing out of his mind. The defense stepped up on him last night, though. 15 points wasn't enough. LA Clippers get the 106-92 victory. Like I said, super pumped about the playoffs. We're going to keep following them. All that great stuff. Three games into the Western Conference Finals. Game two of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. Tonight being... Friday, June 25th. Man, excited, excited, excited to see what happens here. But I'm also excited about this episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This is 180. We have the Princeton football team well represented here. Quarterback Tyler Gibson, Coach Ryan Pearson, 
and running back Rondé Wurls. Rondé also a linebacker. Crazy talented team. Went 6-0. and Made it to Class 3A, number two ranked by the Associated Press. Just did everything that they wanted to do. Rondé Wurls setting Princeton and Burrow County records. Man, I wish there was a state tournament. Whew. COVID-19, man. If there is anything that you really bummed me out about, it wasn't my health because I've been really healthy through this whole time. I'm knocking on wood right now. I really want to know what would happen if there was playoffs. What would the LaSalle-Peru football team have done? What would have Fieldcrest done? What would have Princeton done? Really, really amazing programs stifled of that opportunity because of COVID-19. The seniors on the Princeton team, and, and Coach Pearson talks about this a lot. The seniors were such a special group, did so many things for the Tigers football program. I really want to know what would happen. I really do. And if you don't know who I am, keep saying I, 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 which try not to do. You know, that's not cool. Brandon Lachance, the host of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Let's do our plugs real quick. We'll get into some IWCOA stuff, some IHSA stuff, some basketball all-star team stuff. We got all kinds of amazingness to talk to before we get to the Tigers. Don't know where you're listening to this show, but you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and our website, www.rss.com backslash podcasts with an S backslash edge of your seat podcast. Social media wise, we are on Facebook, edge of your seat podcast and Twitter, edge of your seat P. If you have any questions, suggestions, you want to advertise with us, become a sponsor. You want to be a guest. You know, people that would be a great guest. Send us an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. IHSA postseason is over. Baseball done, softball done, track is done, tennis is done, soccer's done. All those are done. Last Thursday through Saturday, the Illinois Wrestling Coaches and Officials Association hosted the sectional wrestling tournaments. And now this week, which started yesterday on Thursday, going to run to Saturday, is the IWCOA State Tournament. We do have wrestlers in state. We're going to drop that on our next episode, which might come out later today or even Saturday morning. But tons of kids made it out of the sectional, and we're going to break all of those down to congratulate them, put a spotlight on what they were able to do in the sectional. What I do like is IWCOA, Illinois Wrestling Coaches and Officials Association, stepping up. IHSA was like, we're not going to do this. You know, the COVID-19, this is a very physical, germy sport anyway without a pandemic. So maybe we shouldn't have all these people in the same gym, the same mats, the sweat, the wrestling. You know, we know the stories of the cowflower ears and the ringworms and, you know, things like that that are kind of frequent with wrestling. So they're like, hey, we don't want to have that happen. IWCOA is like, you know what? We'll take the extra precautions. We'll be careful with it. But, you know, these kids should have the opportunity to wrestle. And that's exactly what they did. The wrestlers shined. So let's break down some sectionals where we had tons of kids advance to the state tournament. At the Class 1A Sandwich sectional, Lena Winslow wins the team championship portion of it with 150 points. 
But we had tons of schools out of the 47 that we follow that were in this team scores that have to be mentioned. Four was Oregon with 81 points. With 73 points, Seneca was fifth. Newman took six with 69. Sandwich was eighth with 52. Dixon had 36 points for 11th. Princeton was 19th with 22 points. At the 20th spot was Kiwani with 21 points. Samanak had 20 points for 22nd. Plano was 24th with 18. St. Bede had 10 points for 30th. Putnam County Hall had 5 points for 34th. And Amboy was 36th with 3 points. Lots of teams to talk about in here. At 106, Samanak's Shea Reisel. Even though there is girls wrestling now, there are tournaments going on. Shea wanted to stay wrestling the boys. So that's what she's doing. And now she is going to state as she took second in the 106 bracket. She lost in the championship to Ty Edwards of York. That does sound kind of royalty. I don't know if he's a, a duke or something. But she lost to him by a 17-2 tech fall right after pinning three guys to get to where she was at. So she's off to state. In the third place match at sectional, Kiwani's Ryan Welgate wins the third place match with a 12-7 victory over Elgin Harvest Christian's Zeke Schroeder. 113, Newman's Brady Grennan wins a sectional title, the 9-3 decision over Yorkville Christian's Isaac Borge. Huge to get a sectional title pump you up going into the state tournament. Good stuff for Brady Grennan. Amazing. Oregon's Edwin Estrada won the third place match with a 6-5 decision over Dixon's Chris Sitter. There was a tiebreaker involved. Estrada able to get the upper hand of Sitter. The 120 pound bracket for third place. Newman's Carter Rood beat West Carroll's Wyatt Doty 3-1 in overtime. He scored two points in the overtime to get the victory after they entered 1-1. At 126, Evan Riley from Sandwich is the champion with a pinfall 138 into the match over Matt Harris of Princeton. The third place match at 126, Seneca's Owen Feener with a 5-4 decision over Dakota's Jason Bowers. Out of the 47 schools, we did not have any advancers out of 132. At 138, Newman's Will Rude gets a fall at 318 over Dakota's Tyler Simmer to become the sectional champion. Third place match, Seth Stevens of Oregon lost to Harvard's Ivan Roses 9-8 decision. 145, Oregon's got a champion in Andrew Herbst as he defeated Lena Winslow's Simon Riley 4-3. The third place match, Geneseo's Jesse Torres lost to Rockridge's Reese Finch, 9-3. 152, no advancers going to state. Or 160 or 170. We're fast-forwarding to 182, where Seneca's Gavin Robertson won with a pinfall at 150 to defeat Fulton's Ethan Rash. 195, 220, no advancers. Fast forward into 285, Seneca's Nathan Elliott lost in the championship 1-0 to Yorkville Christian's 
Michael Esquivel. Third place, Plano's Alex Diaz fell to Erie's Elijah Fredrickson 1-0. Congratulations to everybody wrestling at Sandwich. Tough, tough, tough field. Some of those schools, Seneca, Lena Winslow, Oregon, Newman, Sandwich, Kiwani, St. Bede, all known. Princeton, can't forget about Princeton by any means. All known for great, great wrestling teams. Success every year. So that was a very, very tough sectional to get out of. So if you got out of sectional to go to state, amazing job. And if you didn't, you fell in a third place match or you fell in a semi before then, still a great job. That is not an easy feat to get out of there. And I have a feeling when we get into the state tournament, a lot of these names that we said, we're going to say again in some winning podium type ways. Because that's the type of competition we're talking about here. Class 2A, Geneseo sectional. Geneseo won the whole team sectional championship with 161.5 points. Sycamore took 9th with 45. Sterling was 10th with 42. LaSalle, Peru had 28.5 points for 12th. Ottawa was 13th with 28. And Rochelle with 20. Point five points was 17th. At 106, no advancers. At 113 in the third place match, Jack Snyder of Geneseo fell 17-2 in a technical fall to Rock Island's Sammy Nyankuru. At 120, third place match, Geneseo's Carson Reya fell 4-1 to Galesburg's Rocky Almendarez. 126, there was no advancers. 132, Geneseo's Logan Tuggle wins a sectional championship by defeating Owen O'Connor of Joliet Catholic Academy 3-1 in overtime. That's got to be a crazy awesome feeling. You get to the sectional championship, it's 1-1, you don't know what's going to happen, and and you go that extra gear, that extra mile, that extra work ethic that you've been training and pushing for to get that sectional championship Advancing to state, amazing for Logan Tuggle and all the rest of the wrestlers who have done it. 138, a 6-4 overtime loss for Caleb Nedick from Rochelle against Rock Island's Aoki Bernard. 145, Sycamore gets a sectional championship as Sycamore's Braden Pete defeated Geneseo's Anthony Montez 3-1. In the third place match at 145, Sterling's Mauricio Garcia gets a pinfall victory at 251 over Joliet Catholic Academy's Connor Cumbie 4-1. Geneseo's Bruce Moore is the 152-pound sectional champion as he beat Sterling's Andrew Kested 2-1. At 160, Sycamore Zach Crawford fell to Rockford Boylan's Dathian Wixon 2-1. 2-1. Still gets a second place finish. Still headed to state. No, he wanted that sectional championship, but, you know, better days to look ahead. 170. Geneseo's Clay DeBale lost 4-3 to Burlington Central Catholic's Nathan Kim in the sectional championship. At 182, Geneseo's Harrison Newman lost to Burlington Central Catholic's Colin Roble 5-1. In the third place match, Ottawa's Charles Medro is going to state 
with an 11-7 decision victory over Hampshire's Dylan Medrick. At 195, LaSalle Peru's Connor Lorden fell 3-2 in the championship match against Washington's Donnie Hidden. It's all right. Lorden's going to be a force to reckon with at the state tournament. 220 pounds. The third place match. Geneseo's Tim Stahl fell to Caneland's Miles Ripper 5-2. At 285, the third place match. Geneseo's Levi Newman lost to Tyler Casey of Washington 5-0. Once again, congratulations to all of the first place, second place, third place winners at sectionals to be able to say you are a state qualifier in wrestling, especially out of these sectionals. These were not easy at all. Even the 2A one, so many tough competitors, tough teams that year in and year out have just beasts in these tournaments. It did not change this year, not by any means. The IWCOA segment of this podcast, Edge of Your Seat podcast, was brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. After a miserable 2020 in every sense of the term, Mendota Shimmer Ford has put all its energy in making 2021 the best year possible with style, comfort, and great deals. There are many options at Shimmer Mendota Ford as it has a huge selection of new and used vehicles on the lot and even more on the website, www.mendotaford.com. Whether you shop online or at Shimmer Mendota Ford located just south of Mendota on Highway 251, manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranek, will use their experience and understanding of the vehicle you're looking for to help you roll through 2021 just the way you want. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries at Shimmer Mendota Ford. Not done with high school stuff, we gotta mention some more names, some more accomplishments. The Illinois Coaches Association softball all-state team was released. Lots of people to talk about. Class 1A. Nobody was on the first team, but the second and third team is packed. On the second team, from Newman, Addie Waldschmidt, a pitcher and infielder. She was joined by Weathersfield pitcher Daisy Here. Congratulations to both of them on the second team. Third team, Amboy's Mallory Powers, pitcher and infielder. From Marquette, a pitcher and outfielder, Kaylee Kalea. From Newark, catcher Emily Schofield. Also from Newark, pitcher and infielder, Caitlin Schofield. Serena had two entries, Katie Baker, the infielder, and Paisley Twat. The catcher. 2A. Also a lot of nominees for the All-State softball team. On the first team, Cole City catcher, senior Natalie Teague. And Seneca pitcher, senior Maggie Carpenter. On the second team, Oregon junior Bella Cortner, the infielder. And also Oregon junior, a pitcher, Myla Trample. On the third team, Kiwani Jr. Laney Kelly, a catcher, and also at the catcher position, Oregon sophomore Elizabeth Moise. A freshman, Sam Vanderbilt from Seneca as an infielder, and Kendall Benison, Kiwani Jr. in a pitcher spot. 
Congratulations to all of them and for everything that they do. At 3A, LaSalle, Peru, senior Caitlin Gibson. She's an infielder. She is on the first team. Also a friend of Edge of Your Seat podcast. From Ottawa, senior pitcher Abby Bacantis. Sterling infielder, also a senior, Amaya Hernandez. And Sycamore Jr. infielder Paige Colley. All first team representatives. On the second team, Plano senior Grace Stevens is in an infielder spot. Listed as a pitcher, Sterling Jr. Elizabeth Palumbo. Third team at 3A, LaSalle Peru, two nominees. And sophomore outfielder Taylor Martin and junior infielder Maddie Pengrisic. They are joined by Morris senior infielder outfielder Jalen Weirs. Ottawa's Abby Kloss is senior infielder and also a senior infielder Sterling's Riley Dittmer. Through the season, all of these names have been said many times as they put up the numbers. They helped their teams with wins. They helped advance in postseasons. Did everything that you want your softball players to do. Congratulations to all of them. We are not done naming names. We are not done giving accomplishments and saying how awesome these kids, these athletes are. The Illinois Basketball Coaches Association All-Star Game is tomorrow, Saturday, June 26th. A lot of local kids of the 47 schools that we cover are in this. The games are in Pontiac, like I said, tomorrow. Should be a great time. Get back on the basketball court. I wonder what kind of basketball shape these kids are in, though, because it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit now since they've been on the court. Hopefully they ran track or did something to stay in shape. For the boys, 1A and 2A game, no local representatives on the South team, but for the North team, Indian Creek's Drew Gaston, Fieldcrest Jackson Kusick McKay, and Roanoke Benson's Luke Brahman. In the 3A, 4A game, kind of a reverse situation. No local representatives on the North team, but for the South, Ottawa's Anthony Cooper and LaSalle, Peru's Drake Weber. Weber and McKay, Edge of Your Seat podcast friends. For the girls, the 1A, 2A game. There are no representatives on the South, but the North, there are five. Seneca's Brooklyn Gertz, Indian Creek's Brooke Hyman, Amboy has two selections in Abby Payne and Mallory Powers and Hinkley Big Rocks, Tessa Prelberg. For the 3A-4A game, again, the vice versa situation. Nobody on the South roster, but the North has three. Sterling sisters, Breland Borum and Brooke Borum are on the team, as well as Abby Guthrie from Dixon. Congratulations to all the All-Stars. It was fun watching you, fun covering you, fun talking with you, all that great stuff. Now, you got one more game in the All-Star game. It's always a great time. IBCA knows how to do it right. Speaking of knowing how to do it right, girls soccer accomplishments and awards handed out. All sectional teams for the Illinois High School Soccer Coaches Association. Leah Salquest from LaSalle, Peru. She's a senior the goalkeeper, a great goalkeeper. I know she's going to be missed with the Lady Cavaliers. She was named to the all-sectional team, and so was Sterling Senior forward Ellie Gasso. Congratulations to all of them putting in the work, getting the job done. Let's hear a word from one more of our sponsors. 
as Olsen Construction is continuously doing their thing, just like these athletes do their thing, but in the home remodeling stage. They can remodel, they can fix, they can renovate, they can build. Anything that you need them to do, Olsen Construction can do it and at a top tier level. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. They can legit do everything that you need them to do. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Well, that's the intro. That's a wrap. Congratulations to the Girl Soccer Illinois High School Soccer Coaches Association, all sectional players. The Illinois Coaches Association softball, all state players. And the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association, all-star basketball players, boys and girls. Congratulations to everybody doing their thing. Had some fantastic seasons. Let's get to Princeton. Tyler Gibson, quarterback. Ryan Pearson, the coach. And Rondé Wurls, running back, linebacker, all three great people, great conversations. And you know what? It's never too late to talk about football or too early. Football can be talked about 24-7, 365, and we will do that here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Until next time, peace. Football season officially over last week, but, but. It's always awesome to talk about football. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is. And we have somebody on that definitely wants to talk about football. Tyler Gibson, senior quarterback with Princeton, the Tigers. What's going on, my man? Nothing much. Not much going on after football is over. Yeah, is this kind of a slow period for you after football? Yes, definitely. Well, we'll try to, uh, you know, kick it up a notch by talking about some football, even though you're done playing. always boring and I'm in Mendota if you did not know that Tyler Gibson ain't about two blocks away from the train station and the railroad tracks and of course as soon as we start doing this our buddy the train rides through (laughs) 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 happens all the time anyway let's talk about the Tigers man you guys go 6-0 ranked 2 in class 3A just had a awesome season what was clicking with you and the offense being the quarterback? I mean, you guys were scoring points in bunches. Last year, you know, we, we had a pretty good offense. I'd say our defense was definitely a strong point for last year, but then this year, our defense was still good, but we were just, I'd say about halfway through the season this year, we, we just were just clicking. Everyone knew what their responsibility was. Everyone knew, like, what to do each and every play, and, you know, teams are keying on Rondo, you know, and so that opens up my end a little bit. It was a blast. Playing 
with Rondé Wills how to be awesome for a quarterback. Like you said, you could give him the ball, and defenses are focusing on him. He sets the rushing record for Princeton High School and Borough County. He's going to be on this episode as well. We're going to talk to him. But playing with him, that had to be awesome for you because, like you said, it opened doors for you and, you know, defenses weren't really paying attention to everything else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, you know, if one game I wasn't playing my best, you know, I could hand the ball to Rondo and he goes for, you know, 200, 100-something yards, you know, like he always seems to do. They got eight guys in the line of scrimmage. We can air it out a little bit and it all works out. Definitely. Are you and Rondé friends off the field? Yes, yes. Like best friends? Yeah, we're pretty close friends. We, we've been friends since, like, first grade. Say, like, first grade to about seventh grade, we were, like, best friends. We're pretty close. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. How do you think you progressed as a quarterback? My freshman year, I, I'm not going to lie, I was not very good. But then put on some weight, you know, got working. Finally, junior year. I got pretty confident in myself as a quarterback. And then going to this year, I was in the summer, I was before like football was canceled or moved. I was feeling pretty good. And like I was feeling like the best I felt, which it's good for, you know, going into your senior year. But I think I've gotten better, like staying calm. I think and that's like a key attribute for a quarterback. And I think that's really helped me out, like staying calm on the field and like focusing on like doing things right and like leading the team and stuff like that. X's and O's wise, did your arm strength increase? Did your accuracy get better? What were some things on the field that you were making sure, you know, you honed in on, you polished, and, you know, you saw progression and improvement throughout the year? My arm strength, I'd say, probably got better from last year, but I think most importantly, like I said, staying calm just allowed me to, like, kind of, like, have, like, a free mind when I'm playing, and that kind of just let me, like, flow and, like, not like worry about like missing a throw here, missing a throw there, and just let me kind of like play with the game, you know, and like just let everyone else move and let me stay still and make the play. Gotcha. So it really wasn't like strength or, you know, things like that. It was just having a free mind and conquering the mental aspect of football. I definitely put in some work in the weight room. I got a little bit bigger, gained some weight, but um, I'd say that helped a lot more with running, not really much quarterbacking. Gotcha. So really, you just improved everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's what you want to do as a high school athlete, right? Yeah. Yep. With having a great year you guys did last year, did you go to the quarterfinals? Semifinals? Semifinals. Semis. After I said quarter, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. It was semifinals. <laughs> so you guys get to the semifinals, bringing a lot of the team back, including the quarterback, you, Rondé Wurls. Mm-hmm. A big line. You guys had crazy amount of beef on that line, including your friend Grant Foes. And you come into this year, what was the pressure like? Knowing, like, hey, we got all these guys back. We made it to the semifinals. You know, we could be a really, really awesome team. What was the pressure like knowing what you could do and trying to do it? I think it wasn't a whole lot of pressure. It was more of just, like, just motivation because we had our sights on state, you know last year and we, we came up short and so I think most of us wanted to just just like prove a point that like we're the best team in the state you know in 3A and I think we were waiting so long and to see uh, Lena Winslow pop up in our schedule week one there was a bit of like okay let's go you know we got a chance to like test ourselves you know we've been waiting so long we got to get out there and do what we can do definitely 
I've been saying on this podcast, pretty much this whole COVID-19 deal and going to have a shortened season and no state tournament, I have brought up Princeton every single time this conversation has come up because in my mind, you guys were state-bound, no doubt. You were going to be in the championship game regardless. I just thought I'd let you know I've been spreading the word that that's how I thought. Good, good, thank you. Because like you said, your defense was super nasty last year, brought a lot of those guys back. You improved the offense. I mean, how could you not, you know, make a little better run than you did last year? We definitely think that too. Maybe I should be an honorary Princeton Tiger. Yeah, mascot. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm cool doing the media thing. I don't want to be a mascot. I bet. For sure, for sure. The last game, you guys are down kind of big to Fulton, who was number three in 1A at the time, and they were giving it to you. You guys had to claw your way back, and you did exactly that. Explain that game and what was going through your and the rest of the team's mind in the huddle when you're trying to claw your way to stay undefeated and, you know, beat a ranked 1A team. No, we start the game off. We were down like 14 nothing, I think, maybe. And... This whole season, we've had a little bit of trouble coming out early. There's been a couple games where we've done good, but mostly we we come out a little slow, and that game was definitely came out a little slow. But um, I think for the rest of the game, you know, we were down 31 to 14. We were just just clicking, you know. We were striding. We were clicking on offense. Defense was getting stops. You know, we got an onside recovery. We went down scored. Like, it was just like every time we got the ball, it seemed like in the second half, just confident that we were about to score. It was a good time. That game is way better than what would have been if we had, you know, just like another blowout, like 40 nothing or something like that. So I really enjoyed that game. I was just going to say, that had to be the best game to end the season with. Not just a route. You didn't beat somebody by 30 points, 40 points. You guys had to play and got to play your best football the last game of the season. Yes, it's definitely a great way to end the season. A season like this, it was on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we play a game. We're going to play some hot potato. I am going to throw you to objects, places, people, things, whatever, and you pick which one you like the best, all right? All right. All right. First of all, I'm sitting in a parking lot in my car, so we're going to go car or truck? Car. Ford or Chevy? Chevy. What kind of tacos? Steak or chicken? Chicken. What kind of chicken wings? Hot or mild? Mild, I said. Princeton colors, blue or white? I like white. White's clean. Our all-white uniforms are very clean. I didn't get to see them. I didn't get to see those. I, I wish I would have now that you said it, because I'm kind of picturing them. We use them again. Newman and Orient. All our guys liked them a lot. I'm in this really big parking lot, and this dude just walks straight up to my car and then walks around it. Like, there's a million other places you could have walked. <laughs> <laughs> That was crazy. That was crazy. All right, back to what we're doing here. Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Oh, man. I'll go with Michael. I feel like my opinion is changing on that week by week, but for right now, I'm going Michael. Well, for this show, you made the right pick. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. Batman or Superman? Superman. You go to Six Flags. Are you riding roller coasters or not? Yes. I wasn't maybe eight years ago, but now it's... Go to. What's your favorite ride at Six Flags? 
Six Flags. I say, is it Exploit? I think. The one where it's like wide, I think it's newer, it's like red, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the word or the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Yes, that one. And after talking about chicken wings and tacos, I kind of got thirsty. Pepsi or Coke? I go with Coke. Gatorade or Powerade? Gatorade, 100%. Lemonade or iced tea? Lemonade. You were quick on those, like, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Tyler Gibson, senior at Princeton, thank you very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. It has been fun covering you, paying attention to what you guys have been doing on the field. Thank you for sharing that with us at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It is always awesome to talk football. No doubt about that. Especially... Well, not especially, but after a high school season where there was a lot of awesomeness, a lot of great moments, a lot of accomplishments, always enjoy talking about them. And it's even better when you got a guy behind the scenes making those accomplishments, making that awesomeness happen. I am talking about Princeton football head coach Ryan Pearson. Ryan, how's it going, my friend? Hey, good. Good. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. Always. Like I said, up. I love talking about football, especially about great football. Princeton was, I mean, I think great would be an understatement. You guys were 6-0, just had an amazing season. I had to have you on. It's always a pleasure to, to, to talk about our kids, so I appreciate you having me on. For sure. Let's talk about them right now. Like I said, 6-0, 3A, you got to number two in the rankings Associated Press Poll style, and I mean, you guys were dominant pretty much all year. We'll talk about the last game of the season, you know, eventually, but this year coming in, knew you had a good team, and sometimes there's pressure of not being able to live up to standards. You guys did game in and game out. How was that for you as a coach, trying to get these players and your team to do exactly that? Well, I mean, you're, you're right. Uh, you know, we felt, you know, coming into this year, you know, after our, uh, you know, losing in the semifinals, uh, 2019 to, to Byron, you know, and, and, uh, you know, giving them a, you know, a heck of a game, you know, losing seven to three, you know, we knew that, uh, you know, we had quite a few core pieces, you know, of that football team that were coming back. And, you know, we knew that we had a lot of underclassmen kids that were going to be able to step up, you know, into key roles and, and, and really contribute, you know, to the overall success of the team. And, um, you know, I, I, I honestly, you know, can't uh, can't say anything negative. You know, I mean, I think our kids understood, you know, that, that we had an opportunity, you know, to have something special, you know, here in Princeton. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there was some pressure, you know, that would put on the kids to, to come out and perform. But, you know, the, the biggest thing is that, to the game, you know, this is, in my opinion, the greatest game out there, and, you know, we wanted to come in and, and uh, you know, have some fun, you know, we knew we were only going to get six games, and it was disappointing, you know, not being able to have a postseason, but it's much, much better, you know, than the alternative of not getting to play at all, so we kind of, you know, had some fun with the kids, and, and uh, you know, still obviously got our, our, uh, our work accomplished, and, you know, had a successful season, but at the same time, I, I think that we, we have a lot of lasting memories, you know, that these kids are, are going to take with them, you know, for the rest of their lives. So that, that's what's that's what's the most important. I was excited when there was a football season because we had no idea about a week before basketball. They're like, OK, we'll let you play next week. And 
that was postponed for a while. Then it comes to football, and you're like, are they really going to let us do this? And then you did. I mean, it was only six games like you had mentioned, but again, like you said, they got a chance. So that was awesome and awesome for everybody involved. Yeah, it was tough because, you know, all of our kids – you know, and the adults and, and the families of, of those kids, you know, had a, um, you know, unfortunately watch, you know, every neighboring state, you know, surrounding Illinois, allowing their kids to play. And that was really a, a tough pill to swallow, especially for this, this group of seniors that we had. They've been my first class, you know, to, to come all the way through all four years of, of Princeton football. And I just, I've, I've had a, just an absolute, joy just watching these guys work uh, watching them you know progress into men just a very high character group and to see them at least get you know six games that was what was most important you know because if, if you had to take away you know what they've worked so hard for for the last four years um you know uh, my heart would have absolutely broke for those kids definitely let's get back to some more positive stuff since we did get through the COVID-19 pandemic and got to at least play some games. If you're an athlete, you love to play sports. If you're a coach, you love to coach. Usually doesn't matter whether you're winning, whether you're losing, you know, accolades, things like that. But, you know, there is that cherry Sunday or, oh my God, a cherry Sunday? I don't think I've ever heard of one of those. <laughs> there is that chocolate Sunday with the cherry on top or that magical feeling magical thing that happens in everything especially in sports and you guys had one of those type of seasons and last year getting to the semifinals was an amazing accomplishment something that you guys be very proud of as a coach I mean it kind of has to make it that much sweeter knowing what your team can do and knowing when you go to the field like hey we can win any game that we want to yeah I mean obviously that's a you know great feeling you know to have as a coach you know, but it's really, you know, a testament to our kids. You know, they're a very confident group. You know, they know how much work, you know, that they've put into, you know, getting those opportunities. You know, we always, you know, kind of have the, you know, the, 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 the mantra, you know, hard work beats talent until talent doesn't work hard. You know, and um, our kids have kind of lived up to that. And so they know, you know, just how much time that they've put in and, you know, when you work that hard and, and you put that much time into something and that much effort, you know, it does give you, you know, a, a sense of confidence, you know, when you step out on the field. And they continue to, to rise to, you know, every single occasion. The beauty of it was, you know, we had an opportunity to, to truly see what our kids could do right off the bat. You know, we were going up against defending, you know, 1A state champion Lena Winslow. That's an extremely successful program. and. It didn't start out the greatest, you know. We ended up having a fumble, and, and they returned it all the way for a touchdown. And, and you know, I, I thought maybe we'd see a little bit of panic in those kids, but, you know, the, not this group. They just continued to, to keep grinding away and uh, stayed even keel and just continued to, to fight no matter what the obstacle was in front of them, no matter what the score was. And, and uh, you know, we ended up coming out on top in that week one game, and, and it just kind of seemed to steamroll from there. Definitely. And then when you say steamroll, after Lena, you guys were steamrolling most of your competition. Last week of the season, week six, you run into Fulton, who coming into the game was class 1A number three on the polls. They were giving it to you. First half, 
Parts of third quarter, just giving it to you guys. You're trailing, and then the Tigers rose to the occasion, came back and won the game. You had to be sweating there a little bit, Coach. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was. You know, we knew that, uh, that Fulton had a heck of a, of a senior group. This is kind of the, you know, the nemesis, I guess you could use that word, uh, for this senior class. You know, going all the way through PYFL, Fulton was always kind of that, that hump that they could never get over. I think they beat them three out of four years, you know, when they were in PYFL. And uh, we knew that they had a lot of talent coming in. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of senior experienced players coming back for them. And, you know, hats off to, you know, Coach Lauer and, and his staff and, and the Fulton kids because they, they came out and they battled. You know, it was kind of like the Super Bowl, you know, for both of us. And they jumped out on us and was certainly looking a little bit bleak, you know, when they got up 31 to 14. But I just can't say enough, you know, about the, the mentality of our kids. You know, we talk about Tiger Grit, you know, all the time. And, you know, you're going to get knocked down, but it's how you're going to respond and, and face you know, the adversity that's thrown at you. And our kids just continued to stay the course, continued to play hard, and, and uh, you know, started making plays towards the end of the game. And, and we ended up making uh, enough key plays at, at uh, some key moments in the football game to, to come out on top, 49-38, to 38, and, you know, send our, our seniors off with a, a great win, you know, against a team that's kind of been a thorn in their side over the years. With the success that you guys had last year, make it to the semifinals, and there was a lot of talk, a lot of talk around the area, Illinois high school sports in general. If there was a football postseason, Princeton was one of those teams to look out for, that, you know, a state championship could, I mean, we got to use, you know, air quotes and all that stuff, could because there isn't a postseason, wasn't one, but a team that could, would have been a contender in the running. Every week, you probably felt like there was a target on your back. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And uh, we've actually talked about that with our kids quite a bit. You know, anytime that, uh, you know, we step out on the field, we know we're going to get the absolute best effort, you know, from any team that we play because they want to be the one to, uh, to knock Princeton off. And, you know, I think, like you said, we we're number two ranked team in 3A. And what better accomplishment, you know, for another team to, to be able to, to knock off a uh, a 3A number two ranked team. So we knew we were going to get the absolute best, you know, from, from everybody that we played. I'm not going to lie, I wish we would have had the opportunity to, to have a postseason. You know, I, I truly feel that, that uh, you know, our kids could have been in the mix. You know, obviously, that's why you play the game. We would have had to always have a little bit of luck on our side and, and uh, stay stay healthy and uh, things like that. But, you know, I tell you what, when we were, we were full strength, you know, I... I truly feel like, you know, we could have battled with, with about any team in, in, in 3A. Wish we could have got that, that uh, opportunity, but, you know, it is what it is, and, and our kids made the most of the, the six opportunities they had. I don't want to throw any salt on the moon, and it's probably going to sound like this, and I'm sorry, Coach, I'm sorry. But the game that I wanted to see was Princeton and Byron. A remix from... A remix. A rematch from last year's semifinal. What was it? 7-3 game in the semifinals. If you guys would have met this year, I was going to go there. I don't care if I would have had to walk. I don't care if I would have had to buy a $100 ticket. I would have went to that game. I'd be lying to you if if I said that 
that our kids didn't want that opportunity again. Uh, that's just a you know program that, that has knocked us out of the playoffs in the last two years. Uh, you know, second round the year before, and then obviously the semis in, in 2019. And we thought that we really you know closed the gap. You know, with a, with a seven to three game, and you know, with with a lot of our our kids coming back, really hoping to to get another opportunity to play Byron. You know, obviously, you know, Coach Boyer does a, a fantastic job, and you know, Byron's a, a very tradition-rich program. But you know, our kids wanted that opportunity, and that's all you could ask for. If you get it, uh, <laughs> you put your cards on the table, and and you play, and, and the best team's going to win. So. You know, we didn't get that choice, or I'm sorry, that chance, but uh, I, I wish they could have, but, you know, it's just unfortunate that they didn't. We have mentioned the athletes, we have mentioned the players, but we have not said any of their names. I'll name a couple that definitely deserve recognition. You can continue. Obviously, Tyler Gibson played a really, really strong season at quarterback. Rondé Wurls, everybody in the area knows him. Monster running back, monster linebacker going to play at Northern. But it wasn't just those two guys. I could sit here and list them all. I want you to list them all. They're your guys, your players, and you got the amazing opportunity to work with them. Who all deserves credit on this team? Oh, goodness. Um, you know, I, uh, I know we're, we're limited on time, but I can honestly talk about, you know, each and every kid that, you know, really stepped foot on the field because we – whether it's offense, defense, special teams, you know, it didn't really matter to me. They had a role, and they understood their role, and they knew that, you know, they wanted the team to be successful. You know, they had to, you know, relish in that role, whatever it was. And, you know, when you when you have a season where, where you end up going, you know, undefeated, you know, there's so many kids that, that had to do that, you know, in order to, to see success. You know, and it wasn't just... The older kids, obviously the, the senior group, that was our leaders. You know, they were the kids that, that really were the glue that, that kind of kept everything together. You know, but there was a lot of kids in the junior class, you know, that contributed. There's a lot of kids in the sophomore class, you know, that contributed. And, you know, it really is is really cool to see. You know, and, and a lot of times uh, you get an opportunity to reflect you know, once the season's over, you know, I wish it wasn't that way, but that's just kind of how I am. And, you know, there's just so many kids that, that stepped up in such crucial moments throughout the season that I feel really steamrolled us, you know, into the into the 6-0 and season. So, obviously, the senior class, you know, those kids are, are just a, a phenomenal bunch of kids. I'm certainly going to miss them. I don't think that our program, you know, would be where it is today if it wasn't for that group of kids, you know, buying in, you know, when I came in brand new, you know, four years ago. They bought into to everything. They continued to do everything that we asked them to do, and they did it with, with maximum effort. really want to see, you know, kids get rewarded for that because, you know, I'll be honest, that's, that's not common, you know, in our society right now. Um, everybody wants you know, instant gratification, and that's not the way it works. You know, they, they really bought into the process and, and started working for this, you know, four years ago. And to see that, you know, come to fruition for them, I just couldn't be any happier. Definitely. I didn't mean to put you on the spot by saying, hey, name some kids for me. But I, I liked your diplomatic, everybody's awesome answer. That's the way to go, Coach. I like it. <laughs> 
Shane, I know you have so many players, so many people involved. You don't want to forget anybody, so I respect that as well. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, talking about the senior group leaving, you know, coming in next year, hopefully it's a full season. Hopefully there's, you know, a state tournament, things like that. Where do you guys go from here? You know you're losing Tyler Gibson. You know you're losing Rondé Wills. You know you're losing Grant Foes. You know you're losing a couple of your major defense and offensive players that are not to those names. Where do you go from here trying to build and trying to, you know, fill the gaps here? Well, the, the really nice thing is... The foundation, you know, that this senior class really has built. You know, our underclass kids, you know, have had the opportunity to see how these kids work in the weight room. You know, they have the opportunity to see how these kids carry themselves on and off the field. They have the opportunity to, to witness just how passionate they are about the game and how much it meant to them. That bar is high. You know, our culture, you know, is, is really something special. And, you know, until you're a part of it, it's really hard to explain. And so I, I really think that, you know, by the example, you know, that our upper class and our seniors have left, I really think that a lot of our juniors that, that had contributing roles, a lot of our sophomores this year that, that had contributing roles, they now know what to expect. They know what it takes. They know just how hard you have to work. They know how much that, uh, you know, you have to persevere at times. Uh, it's easy, you know, to give up. Perfect examples, when we were down 31 to 14, you know, against Fulton, uh, they could have easily packed it in and, and uh, you know, said so it's been a great year. You know, we're going five and one, but, you know, that's that's not the culture in our program. They continue to fight no matter what uh, what obstacles are in front of them. And it's really not, you know, our, our coaching staff, you know, uh, the kids, you know, I'm a true believer that, you know, when you're a, when you're a coach-led team, you know, you have an opportunity to, you know, to be a very good team. But when you're a player-led team, you know, you have an opportunity for something special. And our kids see that. It's just, I'm really thinking it's, it's going to continue just because of the example that, that these guys have set. Talking about the athletes that you got the chance to coach with, you also got the opportunity to coach with Jesse Snyder, who was the Princeton football head coach before you took over, but he came back. I had him on when it was announced that he was going to be assistant coach on your staff. So we have two head coaches. Both have been head coaches for Princeton working on the same sideline. How was that dynamic, and what did that play into the 6-0 undefeated season for you guys? I'm going to be the first to admit, you know, a head coach, you know, is only as good as, as the staff that, that he surrounds himself with. And we're blessed to have a phenomenal coaching staff that not only, you know, is extremely passionate about the game of football, but they're also passionate about our kids and, and they absolutely love, you know, Princeton High School and, and this community. You know, I actually had four, you know, head coaches on my staff, I'm sorry, three former head coaches on my staff that, you know, have, have all, you know, accepted the, the roles that they have been given and, and uh, continued to work their tails off for the kids. And, you know, that's obviously Coach Moore. You know, he was a head coach at, at Bureau Valley, won a state championship there, was a head coach at Princeton, uh, I think four or five years uh, before I got there. Uh, we've got Tyler Nichols, that was the head football coach at, at Kiwani High School uh, for 
five years. I, I'm not 100% sure on my numbers, but, you know, and, and he's done a phenomenal job. You know, and then we added, you know, Jesse Snyder this year, uh, who was the head coach at Princeton before I took over. And, you know, when you have former head coaches on your staff, you know, I think there's some coaches out there that maybe get a little bit intimidated by that. But, um, you know, it's never about yourself. It's always about the team. And, and uh, when you can get a, a bunch of guys that are – willing to, <laughs> to help build that program, you know, it's the only ones that benefit, you know, are, are the kids, and that's really what it's what it's all about, but, uh, you know, Coach Snyder's actually going to be leaving us again, he's uh, taken a special ed and assistant football position, you know, in his hometown at, at uh, Lena Winslow, so uh, kind of a a one-year deal, but we certainly wish him the best and and uh, in all his future endeavors and appreciate what he did for the program this year. That's awesome. Always like talking to Coach Snyder. He's a pretty awesome guy. Actually, everybody that you mentioned, I know Nichols, I know more. I can't believe I didn't throw them into the lead-up to the conversation or to the you know your answer. All great guys and Princeton in general. You're exactly right. I mean, all of you guys have the experience, the love for the program, and you know it, and obviously it shows like that's kind of what you need for a successful program. You know, and I just mentioned, uh, you know, the, the former head coaches, you know, that we have on staff with Coach Moore, Coach Nichols, and uh, Coach Snyder. But, you know, we're, we're, we've got other, you know, guys that, uh, you know, are just as, as instrumental, you know, and, and everybody has their own different ways. You know, Coach Foes, you know, has been with the program now for 21 years. And, you know, has just kind of been a program guy. Uh, I think he's been through five head coaches, you know, in his tenure. You know, he's, I, I think, been in, you know, I, I don't know how many, but multiple, multiple roles throughout the years. You know, everything from head first off, you know, varsity defensive coordinator. You know, he was a defensive line coach for us. Basically in charge of us running, you know, all of our you know, equipment, uh, the buses, getting everything ready for practice. Uh, we use his uh, shop for, for our, our half times. And, you know, having a guy like that has just been a, an absolute blessing. You know, we're also going to be losing him, you know, this year. He's going to be retiring. His son, Grant, is going to be going to play football at uh, Indiana Wesleyan. Uh, so he wanted to be able to go watch his son play. Uh, his daughter, Morgan, is is going to be a sophomore at Princeton, and you know she's active in in volleyball, so he didn't want to miss her contest. So we're certainly losing a great one, you know, there with Coach Foes. But and then we've also got Coach Vajana, you know, that uh, does a fantastic job with our running backs, and uh, you know, Coach Smith does a really good job with our our defensive backs and our defensive game plan. And you know, I, I can honestly talk for for ten more minutes, you know, on the guys that we have on staff. Because it's it's really a special staff, and the kids have, have truly been blessed to, to have a group of guys that have really put in a lot of time, you know, for them, uh, not for themselves, but because they want to see the kids be successful. You know, as as a head coach, I, I tell you what, I I couldn't couldn't be more proud of those guys. Well, Ryan, Coach Pearson with Princeton football. Every guest on Edge of Your Seat podcast, we have play a game. We're gonna play a game of hot potato. Tyler Gibson, the quarterback, we already had him play. Rondé, we're going to talk to him tomorrow. He's going to play as well. So we got to throw you in the game, too. Are you ready for this, Coach? Absolutely. We're going to start easy. We're going to go Princeton colors, blue or white? Blue. Pepsi or Coke? Pepsi. 
Batman or Superman? Batman. That's the play we run. <laughs> I like it. Spider-Man or Captain America? Spider-Man. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Car or a truck? Truck. Ford or Chevy? Ford. LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Oh, Michael Jordan. No question. Like, that's not even a question. No, that, that is the goat right there. I fully agree, Coach. I fully agree. <laughs> Last but not least, we are in Chicagoland area. It's baseball season. Chicago Cubs, Chicago White Sox. Oh, gosh. I am I'm going with White Sox. I was listening to their game at work today. I had my little Sirius on the phone and got to the 10th inning. I was like, they can do it. They can do it. They lose by one to the Reds. They score in the bottom of the 10th. I was, I was kind of sad. I was depressed I, at work. I saw that. I, I saw the same thing. I thought they were going to pull it out, but unfortunately they didn't. Yeah. Uh, well, the good thing about baseball is there's so many games. They can get the next one. Sure. <laughs> They got plenty of chances, that's for sure. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, Coach Pearson. It's always a pleasure speaking with you and having you on the show. Again, congratulations for everything the Princeton Tigers were able to do on the field. You had a great season. Congrats, Coach. I appreciate it, Brandon. Thanks for having me on. This is crazy. Can't believe four years is already over. My guest I've been watching for a while, just like every athlete in the area. Rondé Wills, Princeton, football player extraordinaire, running back, linebacker. You're back on. I think this is your third time. Yeah, I think so. It's always great to be on here. It is always a pleasure to have you. I can't believe you're already senior, your senior year of football is over. Oh, I know. It's crazy. It's just it's gone by so fast. You know, people say, you know, you wouldn't think it goes by as fast as it does, but it, it flies by. and It's crazy. When you're a freshman or a sophomore, it's like, man, I just want to be an upperclassman. Then your junior year goes by like, oh, I just want to be a senior. And then, well, bam, it's it feels like it's two days. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it's crazy. It's fast, super fast. We're talking about fast and super fast. Unfortunately, the football season, you know, condensed to six games instead of the usual nine regular season games. And then, of course, the postseason, postseason taken away, three games taken away because of COVID-19. And unfortunately, this was your senior campaign. You got six games, but hey, at least you got six games. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was tough to know that we weren't going to get a postseason, but just knowing that we were going to be able to play in the first place was was awesome, you know, just being able to get out there with my guys one more time and at least get, you know, whatever we could. If it would have been two games, one game, three games, it wouldn't matter to me. I just wanted one more time to play with my brothers. You mentioned it was tough. I mean, you're high school kids, so we're going to say 14 to 18, and, you know, having some opportunities taken away but given a little bit, how did you guys as a team, you know, talking to each other in huddles, in practices, in school, keep each other's heads up realizing like hey man this might be the this is our last ride together let's make the best of it we can what did you guys say to each other and how did you keep each other's heads up 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say it even it started before, even before school, even before we even knew we were going to have a season. We didn't when we didn't even know in the summer we were still working out. We were saying, hey, no matter what, we're going to work our tails off. And if we get one game or two games or three games or none, it doesn't matter. We're still going to work our tails off until we get there. And it was just always that kind of on top of your head, just keep moving forward and keep keep working hard because no matter what happens, you know, we're going to have to stay brothers forever, you know, and keep working hard no matter what we're doing. So I think it was always just that hard work ethic that keeps Princeton football going that kept us motivated for something. Didn't even know if you were going to play and you guys were in the weight room or, you know, working on things that you wanted to work on. Oh, definitely. We were, I mean, even when we were in quarantine, Coach Pearson, we had a club football classroom a google classroom and he would send us workouts that we had to do and we'd take videos of ourselves doing little workouts and you know just kept it fun and kept us all together perfect perfect so you guys even though we're supposed to be away supposed to be doing our own thing quarantining you know trying to not spread viruses we're like hey we can use our zoom videos we can text we can call and as long as we're on the same page it's a-okay Oh, definitely, definitely, and that's, you know, we kind of use quarantine to, you know, just had to be creative with it. Perfect, perfect. Then you guys get to play, it's announced there's a season, we get six games, and man, 6-0, you guys put up some crazy scores in most of those games. Let's talk about that, and then we'll get to the Fulton game, I mean, start off with Lena Winslow, you guys just kept flowing. Yeah, definitely, so... Our schedule came out, and we had Erie Prophetstown the first week. We were like, you know, let's go. We're ready for Erie Prophetstown. Let's get working. And then all of a sudden, Erie Prophetstown dropped. We got dropped from Erie Prophetstown, and we were like, now we're down to five games. Like, that that, that was actually very tough. That was hard on all of us to, like, realize that, you know, we only have five games down instead of six. And then we pick up Lena Winslow, you know, the team that won state last year, and we were like – it's go time. Like, that that was probably the most awesome thing ever, especially, you know, playing a team like that got us ready for the whole, our whole season. So that was awesome. And then just the whole season was, was great. It was, you know, we did put some big scores up, but Coach Pearson, he preached to us that 6-0, and 5-0, and it doesn't matter, you know, just get the Ws and that's what we strive for here and, you know, have fun with it. But, you know, we're always going to try to get the Ws on the board. Talk about a roller coaster. So you go from, all right, we're going to have six games. Then, okay, we're going to have five games because EP drops off. And then we're going to have six games again. Man, it was like a soap opera. <laughs> right? It was it was crazy. I mean, as soon as we even had a single, like, just any little thought about we were going to play Lena Winslow, we were up. I remember I had a few friends up in my room, and we were watching YouTube. Right away, we pulled up Lena Winslow's film, and we got to start watching what they were running. So, yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster. You no, know, it's going from EP to Lena Winslow, but yeah, it was. It's definitely crazy. So, two seconds after finding out who you guys are going to play, that you got in a, that you had a week one opponent, you were already going to work. Oh, we were going to work. We we knew it was it was go time. It, it was time to start working, and you know, we especially since we'd never seen Lena Winslow before. You know, we didn't know what they ran or you know, what the things they did. So, you know, we had to catch up a little bit. And as soon as we did, it was it was go time. Week six, run into Fulton, who was class 1A number three. You guys were class 3A number two. And they were giving it to you guys. They were playing oh. tough, had a lead, and you guys had to claw your way back into it. Definitely. That game was 
I've said that some of my favorite games have been last year against Byron. That was that was crazy. That was one of my favorite games. And then this year against Fulton, I mean, crazy game and an awesome game. I mean, I loved it. You know, my freshman year, we know we didn't have that great of a year, and we were down by a lot of points. But after that, we weren't down by that many points. So being down by that much was kind of like a huge surprise to us, especially the seniors. So you know, coming back and being able to win just shows a lot about the Princeton football program character, you know. Coach Pearson preaches to us, I don't care if you're losing 50 to 0, 40 to 0, no matter how much you're losing by it, just keep pushing and keep pushing. And that's what we did. We just kept going and kept going and we fought to the end. And that's how Princeton football plays. Definitely. Give me a refresher course. How many points were you down to Fulton before you guys made a comeback? I'm pretty sure it was 31 to 14. So we were down, what, 15? 16? 16 points, yeah. Is that 17? 17. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. You caught me off guard there. No, it's all right. It's all right. I work in a bank, and I'm not good with numbers either. So, hey, we're all right. <laughs> oh, man. You're a football player, and I ask questions. We don't have to do math. <laughs> right? Right? Don't let, uh, don't let my, my teachers hear this or, you know, the, the admissions at NIU. obviously team sport all the tigers are your brothers you've said it a couple times you got mad love for your coaches you have crazy ability man and i know it's a team sport but sometimes you know especially media we look at the individual things your career at princeton rush over 4300 yards had the princeton all-time record and the borough county all-time record whoa man whoa (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, you know who I am. I got to give it up to my line up front, obviously. Ever since I was, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, I feel like I've always kind of been a leader to most of these guys on the team. And, you know, I, I had one of my favorite coaches ever told me, he said, you are not a great player because of your athletic build and, you know, the things that you do off the field. It's because of the way you listen to everybody. And if a coach tells you what to do, I've tried to lead by example all my four years here. And, you know, I've tried to show the younger kids that you have to work hard, you have to have a great work ethic, and you have to just be able to listen and do what the coaches say. And if you listen and do everything right, you can do great things no matter what you're doing. Perfect, man. Help me out with these other numbers. You have 74 touchdowns through your career, correct? Yes. And that's also a Princeton and Borough County record. And then right. 33 touchdowns in a season is a Princeton record. Yep, that's right. And then your second, was it second all-time yards? Yeah, second all-time yards from at Princeton. So you're all over record books, bro. Yeah. Did Coach Pearson ask you to autograph the record book? No, he didn't, but, you know, that would be pretty cool if I was able to. I, I kind of want to. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say he's not going to ask you, but, I mean, in all honesty, he should. He should, yeah. <laughs> and, again, like, you automatically threw props to, you know, teammates and stuff like that, and you should. I'm Definitely, definitely, definitely. But it has to make you feel good that you were able to do that while you were in high school. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, 
just really shows how much hard work pays off. I mean, that's all I can really say about it, you know. I've never, I've known that, you know, if you don't put in the work, you're not going to get what you want. And I feel like I put in the work that I needed to and I got out what I, you know, what I wanted. And, you know, I feel like I could have improved. Definitely there's things I could have improved on, but, you know, I still had a pretty great four years and I'm happy with the way I worked. And, you know, I just got to keep working harder every day also. Definitely. Let's talk about the improvements in the Princeton offense this year. I felt like things flowed more and it was more dynamic. Oh, definitely. You know, we I feel like we were definitely better in our, our pass side. We were able to get, you know, we had another running back right behind me, Augie Christensen, a sophomore this year. You know, he did a great job this year coming in after me, you know, after I got a little tired. He would come in and, you know, he was great. And he paid attention in practice, too. You know, he listened to everything that the coaches told him, and he was able to be a great player to come in after me. And then, you know, we had Tyler, of course, you know, Tyler just a great quarterback I loved having Tyler as my quarterback it was that was awesome and then you know we were even able to have another uh, sophomore come in Tegan Tegan Davis you know what a dynamic player he is you know just so athletic and he can come in and kind of run that wildcat type of offense where you know just get him the ball and he's gonna make things happen so yeah and I definitely feel like we had a more dynamic offense this year perfect and your defense was pretty stellar Last year, I mean, you guys go 7-3 in a semifinal game with Byron, and that's the game you were talking about with Byron, I suppose. Yeah, definitely, yeah, that's the game I was talking about. You held a juggernaut to seven points in that game, and then coming into this season, I mean, besides the Fulton game, I mean, you guys pretty much held everybody in check. Yeah, definitely, I mean, we definitely, the defense definitely had high expectations coming off of last year, and I feel like we did a very good job of, you know, filling those expectations from last year. And the defense, you know, we, the D squad, we love D squad. You know, practice when D squad comes around, that's when it's go time. We all love D squad. So, yeah. I think it was between your sophomore and junior year. You, yeah. you got huge, bro. I was in the weight room a lot. I, I still am, but, you know, I, I got pretty big in between that time there. What are your. I guess, vitals now. How tall, how big are you now as a senior? I'm about 6'1", 220. Still, I stayed about, I lost a little weight during the season, but I'm, I'm working my way back up a little bit. But, yeah, I'm still about 6'1", 6'2", some, you know, 6'2", with my shoes on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you can round up here. It's okay. Yeah, all right. I won't take you to trial or nothing, so you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. The last time I had you on, we were talking about you committing to Northern. You're going to Northern to be a linebacker with them. I mean, how did this senior year at Princeton get you even more ready for the college game? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's nice having this kind of spring season being closer to going into NIU because all this football stuff is fresh in my head. You know, I'm, I'm starting to learn the defense at NIU right now, so... Just not being, a, I know I'm in track right now, but being able to make the, you know, not having to go from playing football and then sitting for a long time and not doing any football things, you know. Now I'm playing football, you know, about two or three months. And then after football, I was, I'll be off to NIU on June 12th. So it's awesome to have that football mind fresh in your head. Definitely. What are you doing for Princeton Track? I run the 100, the 4 by one and the 4 by 2 And sometimes I get thrown in the 200. Gotcha. And you were doing that last year as well, right? Right. I was doing it right before. 
it all got canceled. Yeah, that was a crazy time. But hey, we're getting stuff going now, so it's awesome. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. For sure. Well, Rondé, last time you were on, actually the first two times you were on, we did not do a game. We have, uh, you know, picked up the pace here trying to improve getting it work at Edge of Your Seat Podcast, just like you do on the football field, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're doing a game. We're going to play Hot Potato, head coach Ryan Pearson, and your quarterback that you spoke of, Tyler Gibson. Both already played. Now it's your turn. You ready for this Hot Potato? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Let's, let's do it. We're going to start off with a hard one. LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Oh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, for sure. That wasn't very hard for you, was it? It wasn't. It's always been, you know, I Michael Jordan, definitely. I, I love I love Michael Jordan. So, I, I, could, I mean, LeBron, great play. Great play. Second best, for sure. But Michael Jordan, for sure. All right. Now I'm going to test you. Now I'm going to test you because you just said LeBron, second best, for sure. And whenever we're talking about this, this guy is always going to be thrown in the combo. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. Mm, I'll, I'll go LeBron James. Definitely LeBron. But, you know, that, that, that's a tough one. That is tough. It's always been between, for two, it's definitely, I know, I think LeBron's for sure. But, you know, Kobe and LeBron are definitely close. For sure. For sure. We are in the Chicagoland area. It's baseball season. Chicago Cubs, Chicago White Sox. Cubs. I'm a Cubs fan. Okay, side question. Who's your favorite Cub right now? I honestly don't watch bait. Like, I don't even know if I... Is Rizzo still on the Cubs? Because <laughs> <laughs> I really don't watch baseball at all. I just know I have a Cubs jersey, and I've been to a few Perfect. Cubs games, so Perfect. when people ask me, I just say Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Batman, Superman? Mm, I have to go Batman. A car or a truck? Oh, a car. Ford or Chevy? Ooh. Chevy. Princeton colors, blue or white? White. You play both sides of the ball on the football field, so offense or defense? You might think this one's a little crazy, but I like defense more. I like to be able to give the ball instead of, you know, taking it all the time. Oh, you just want to hit people. Yeah, oh yeah. When I was in high school and played football, that was the only reason I wanted to play is because I wanted the opportunity to hit somebody and I didn't have to worry about getting arrested or suspended from school. Exactly. Exactly. That's why the game of football is so great. And last but not least, you know, this is always important. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. I like Coke more. Rondé, it is always amazing talking to you. I mean, if you're all right with it, I'll have you on the show a million times. Like, I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. You got to hit me up when I'm at NIU for sure. Oh, yes, yes. You will be back on, no doubt, when you're at NIU. And after, like I said, a million times, if not more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for spending a few minutes chatting with us. And congrats, man, on a great season, a great career, everything that you're able to do on the football field, man. It's amazing. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you.